Welcome to APTA's Pulse Podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. For the physical therapy profession to thrive, it needs clinicians with grit. That's the argument physical therapist Fred Gilbert made at the 2019 PPS Graham Sessions. In a provocative lecture, he called, I believe physical therapy will die. His lecture was less a prediction than a challenge. Fred thinks it's time for the next generation of physical therapists to think outside the box and outside the walls of the clinic. And that's going to take grit. Fred wants today's students and new grads to hold on to their why, know their true north, and take bold steps forward. To kick off a new year of new possibilities, here's our thought-provoking conversation with Fred. So Fred, I'll totally tell listeners I'm super psyched to have you on the podcast uh, because you're my personal physical therapist. So this is super exciting for me, Um, but I wanted to bring you on to talk about um, some bold ideas. And I chose you specifically because uh, I've known you for a long time, and um, within the past year you gave a talk at the Graham Sessions and your talk was entitled something to the effect of physical therapy will die. Reading the transcript of your talk, it's up on uh, the private practice section's website for those of you who want to check it out. And there's a video out there as well. Um, but throughout your talk, you really made some bold, thought-provoking statements. So for our listeners, can you just give us a short summary of your talk? Yeah, and thank you so much. And I will also let the the audience at large know that you were the best client because you actually did your homework. And lo and behold, you got better. And it's a crazy thing when that happens. Uh, So you were awesome to work with, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk. Um, Yeah, so gave a speech at Graham Sessions, which for those people that aren't as familiar with what Graham Sessions is, it's a a conference that's put on each year uh, that's intended to kind of push the profession forward. So the idea is that you come and you leave kind of titles and, and designations behind and have open and honest discussion around what the profession needs to continue to move forward. Uh, so things uh, such as diversity have come up, such as payment structures have come up. Um, and I was fortunate to be asked to participate in a tradition uh, which is called the I Believe Speeches. And so I believe is, is kind of a free-range topic where they give the speaker the, the autonomy to choose what they want to talk about and something that's been uh, kind of on my mind throughout uh, my latest journey in life for the last couple of years starting a company uh, was that title that you mentioned. Uh, my, my speech was, I believe that physical therapy will die. Um, and that's based primarily on, and I talk a lot about this in the transcript, which is actually available uh, through PPS. They, they published it. Uh, I think last month, so that it can be read in full there. Um, but the gist is that when you look at the way that things are going in the market and the way that healthcare is going and, and getting more restrictive, that there are other people doing um, similar services that are are going to and continue and already have encroached on the movement space that we hold so dearly. Uh, and, and a lot of the mindset with physical therapists right now is that it will come back around and, and we will we will kind of passively see that our expertise will always win out. And the reality of it is when you kind of get outside of the clinic walls, you see that the uh, the general public, they're going to places like Stretch Lab, which is one that I specifically mentioned in the uh, in the speech, which is a, a stretch studio that has stretchologists or flexologists that perform uh, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation techniques. So their, their training is 60 total hours in a week. And they're doing PNF techniques on clients, which all those neuro PTs out there are probably shaking their head at, at the 
the audacity of that claim to learn PNF in, in a single weekend. Um, and so people are coming into our movement space and they're, they're taking the, the general public's will to be healthier and will to understand their bodies and they're, they're monetizing it in, in, in a relatively unskilled way. Uh, and if we continue to kind of sit back the way that we have, I think that we'll see our profession uh, continually just kind of fade away. Uh, we're already kind of a bit, we complain a lot about people not knowing what we do. Uh, and I think that'll just get worse. So that was, that was kind of the gist and, and a lot of what I asked for in the, the I believe speech is it's not all doom and gloom, uh, but it's a mindset shift back to uh, being a little more aggressive and, and owning the space like our founder, Mary McMillan, did, which uh, there's some good anecdotes in the story about Mary. So I read the transcript of your talk and I watched the video and a loose estimate, in my opinion, is that you said the word grit about 20 times. And no, I didn't go through and count, but uh, so that's not an exact number. Um, but my point is that you mentioned grit a lot. And so, one, can you tell listeners why? Um, and then I also wanted to talk about how you said that a lot of people in this profession lose their passion and purpose around the second year of DPT school. So at that point, you're not even a clinician. At least that's the argument you're making. You're not a clinician. You're already losing your why as to why you're doing this, why you're becoming part of this profession. So uh, kind of explain that and tell us your opinion why that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do. I, I distinctly remember as I got into, and I've been in clinical practice now four years, actually coming up on my four-year anniversary of graduation, um, and I remember when I, I got through second year and, and was getting ready to go out to clinicals, you know, we, we have this idea of how we want to treat and treat the world. And, and the way that we want to do that is, is through empowering these patients to find their best movement and, and to find their best life and doing that through being able to care about them and spend time with them and design personal programs and be there for their milestones and, and be a part of their life beyond a single clinic visit, like creating relationships is why we we got into the profession. And if you talk to first-year students or new grads or people that are even considering the profession, the thing that you'll hear a lot, especially early, is, you know, I'm getting I'm choosing physical therapy because it's the part of medicine where I get to spend time with people and where I get to build relationships and where I get to care, unlike the rest of the medical system that has to sit and go through client after client after client. And the reality was that when I got into clinic, and I think you see this a lot, the, the reality of clinic world, because of, and there's a lot of because of, right? We can blame the payment system. We can blame larger conglomerate PT you know, groups. We can blame a lot of things. Uh, but you get out, and what you find is you're having to see patient after patient after patient. And you're, you're seeing these people in clinic for six weeks. And then you have no idea what happens to them. And they just go out. And I think we tell ourselves a story that they're getting better and they're doing all their fitness goals. And, you know, they're living a healthier life that's, that's transient or, you know, transitions now because of our care. And in a lot of cases, that's true. But in a lot of cases, it's not. And we have no idea what happens to these people. And so I think the first time I saw that was when I worked in, in a clinic that we saw a lot of clients and we had to go through them. Uh, and it was not what I thought it was. Uh, the walls of the clinic were different. And I think that sh that changed my perception of what the profession could do. Okay, so now tell us why you use the word grit so many times in your talk. And like I said, that's a total guess, but I think I'm probably close. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, grit, um, it for I, I think it's a, it's a pretty popular term these days, but uh, grit, I, I was first given that word from the book Grit by Angela Duckworth, and, and she talks a lot about, you know, the power of passion and perseverance. 
And basically, grit is a a measure, and there are limitations to it, certainly, but it's a measure of how likely someone is to kind of push through and uh, persevere through difficult times, right? So I, I think one of the places that Angela uh, Duckworth first looked at it was in West Point, right? Like, what's the predictor of whether or not people will get through that training and be successful in that world? Um, and it was you could correlate uh, a high grit score on the scale that they created with the individuals that would ultimately make it through that uh, really rigorous training to get through uh, this sort of certain early portion of West Point. And so when you look at it, right, I, I think a lot of a lot of what we lack right now within the profession is the the ability to persevere. And I say that because I think the environment is really, really tough to persevere, but not really pushing through and fighting through and grinding through uh, the difficulties of the health system and, and not basically standing up for what we know is right. Because we, it's hard, right? You get into clinic as a new grad and you just want to figure out how to even write a note without staying till 8 o'clock at night, much less really care about your client. Um, and so it, it just – the system drags you down long hours, lots of clients, uh, you know, this cyclical lifestyle. And so looking to reclaim a little bit of the grit in clinic uh, and perseverance in clinic, but then also, you know, specifically with Mary McMillan, I, and for those that aren't as familiar with Mary, like she founded our national organization, and she – my favorite anecdote was she was a, a, a prisoner of war. Uh, she was – I think she taught in 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 Asia and, and during World War. I think it was World War II. Um, became a prisoner of war on the island where she was. And as she was becoming a, a POW, she stole a uh, like a medical van and medical supplies so that they could drive them into the POW camp, where she could then set up a medical uh, facility. And she like she slept on a filing cabinet in there. Like that is like that is grit. That is perseverance, and that's what we were founded on. And we just don't seem to have that uh, for the most part in clinic, but then also outside of it, right? I mean, we are experts, and we should really own that. And we we oftentimes say, okay, well, someone else, you know, they could do this, and they could do a better job. And, okay, well, yeah, marketing is hard, but, uh, you know, other people are doing it, and we're going to continue to get physician referrals and be okay. Um, and so I think I think I use the word grit a lot because it's, it's, I think, something that we're lacking in and out of clinic. So at this point, I want to uh, make sure that I mention to listeners that you're actually part of a really unique and innovative care model uh, in team. So do you want to tell people about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, so I was fortunate, I, I guess, kind of my clinical path for, for the full story. So I finished school at University of Alabama, Birmingham, or UAB in 2015, and, and went into, a honestly, a, a pretty big dream job. And I imagine my first boss will listen to this. He's still a mentor of mine. And, um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it was it was perfect, right? Lots of uh, clinical support, lots of con ed. I was working next to, you know, fellows and fellows in training and experts in care and worked for a man who, you know, my car was stolen and he gave me his daughter's car. And it was, you know, I could not have asked for a better first job for the first two years. Uh, but what I found in that model is still that same limitation of, uh, and, and in this Graham session speech, I talk about the walls of the clinic kind of metaphorically, uh, but within the walls of the clinic that are limited by payment models, limited by reimbursement that allows for uh, what can happen and, and reach out in a clinic, right? Or, you know, if I'm wanting to start a community class the phrase that we often hear is, you know, that sounds great, but you can do it on your own time, right? And so the creativity and the ability to kind of flex 
into creative care models was limited. And so uh, Josh D'Angelo, Keaton Ray, and Afosa Guabadia uh, started a company that's iterated a couple different ways now, uh, but we're, we're now called Movement X, uh, which is uh, essentially a company that's looking to try and uh, heal the world through movement. We have a very, very bold vision uh, because we fundamentally believe that when people are moving their best, they're living their best, uh, and everyone does, deserves the opportunity to do that. So the bare bones of what we do right now is we provide care in a mobile model. So we treat um, out-of-network, we do out-of-network services where we bring the the physical therapy to people's homes, to their offices, to their gyms. Uh, we bring it to parks, the, the steps of the Lincoln. I've done a treatment. I've done treatment outside in the woods on a creek where somebody was trying to learn how to cross over a stream uh, and it's this young fellow post-stroke that um, used to do a three-mile run, and now he's trying to walk that same three miles, but his limitation is he has an AFO and he has a cane and he needs to be able to cross the creek bed that has little blocks that are about the size of a regular-sized foot, and he couldn't do it. So I put on water shoes, and I met him out in the woods, and we learned how to cross the stream together. Um, so the unique care model, I think, is it's not unique in the sense that you know cash pay and direct pay and out-of-network is not unique. Uh, doing that in a mobile setting is not necessarily unique, uh, but I think what's unique about it is we're a community of like-minded providers that are that have a fundamental belief in the power of movement, and we're trying to be on the forefront of, of pushing that uh, into all the realms that it could possibly go to. And now for a quick break. Get inspired to reach a higher peak in your career. Join thousands of attendees from around the world at APTA's Combined Sections Meeting, February 12th through February 15th, 2020, in Denver, Colorado. Visit APTA.org CSM for more details. And now, let's return to the show. So, using your Graham Sessions talk, and you just told everyone about Movement X and um, what you guys are trying to do and how it's different and innovative. Um, so, it's the new year. And, you know, students are listening to this, maybe even prospective students, maybe even new grads are listening to this. Um, And through our conversation, my hope is that we inspire people. I really want to challenge people and maybe even light some fires full of passion and purpose um, for the future of our profession, right? So let's keep in mind the student who is just grinding through school or a new grad who's grinding in the clinic. You know, in your Graham Sessions talk, you talked about hope, and you talked about passion, and you talked about how we should want to be the profession full of people waking up in the middle of the night excited about an idea or ready to try something new or help the patient you'll see the following day. Um, So in your talk, you said we aren't there right now, and really we're not allowing the space for that to even happen. Um, so how do you think we get back there as a profession or, I mean, do you even think we can? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, I, I certainly believe we can get back there and I think I wouldn't have joined on with starting this company with, with this group, um, if I didn't believe there's a fundamental opportunity to do that. And, and I think, you know, Scott and Scott McAfee gave a talk recently at National Student Conclave uh, and it was in the. It was in the realm of, of marketing and kind of marketing self, but I think it, it applies to everything. And I think, you know, challenging students, you know, current students, new grads, prospective students, um, you know, I think we come in with a relatively solid foundation of understanding our, like, our why and our driving factor and the thing that pushes us forward. 
Uh, but one of Scott's big messages and my big message, I think, is the, the first and foremost thing is, is knowing knowing yourself, right? Like, I have a fundamental knowledge of what it is that I want to accomplish in the sense that my story and my why will always be that I want to be able to provide care that my, like my blue-collar parents could benefit from. And it's the same quality that doesn't knock their, their pocketbooks off, and it's in a way that meets them where they are, right? Um, you know, health literacy is, is an issue in a lot of places, and, and my parents understanding the value and knowledge of movement and what it can do for their lives is a big thing for me. And so when you look at a lot of what I've chased and a lot of what I've built, it's around this fundamental want and belief that I want to create a healthcare world that my parents could benefit from. And so I think when you look at my decisions in life, a lot of that comes from of from comparing where I am and what I'm doing to what I want to do. So knowing myself and knowing what I want to do drives a lot of my passion. And then, you know, the hardest part is, well, when that stops being in sync, how do you take bold steps forward, right? And the big thing I think that, that happens, and this happened with me for a long time, was, well, you can't take a bold step forward because you got to make enough money to uh, pay your student loans, right? Like I had, when I started this company with this group, I had two, like I worked full time in a clinic and I did this full time and it's uncomfortable and it's hard. And, and I think knowing yourself first and then knowing your true north and, and just not giving up on, on finding that space. Uh, and I think oftentimes we, we don't know what we want. We don't know what our true north is and you can't possibly navigate. You know, one of our core values as a, as a company with Movement X is, is passion times purpose, right? So, uh, and I think this is actually a lot of times where we get lost is you can be somebody who's incredibly passionate about an idea or a concept or, a, you know, I can be incredibly, you know, passionate about doing physical therapy, but if I don't know my purpose, if I don't have a purpose, well, that passion is just going to go off into the wind. It's going to get put into a thousand different things. Uh, and by the same standard, if you don't have uh, if you've got a purpose, like I, I have my purpose to try and create a healthcare space that benefits people like my parents, but if I don't have a passion to fulfill that, nothing's going to happen. And so one of our core values as a company is how do we multiply passion times purpose? Because when you have both, you really move forward. And I think what students often have early in their careers is a lot of passion, but there's no purpose to drive that behind. And so that's oftentimes where I think we get lost because then we just – See and hear all these things about how terrible the healthcare system is, and how it's really hard to get payment, and how nothing changes, and how the organization doesn't do anything. Well, it's, it's easy to blame a lot of other people when you don't know what you're trying to do. And so, I think uh, when you look at the new year, you know, New Year is all about setting intention. You know, why are you there? Why did you choose PT? Why? Did, you know, what do you want to create? You know, if you had one big goal that you judged yourself on when you finished your career, like what would that be? Um, and knowing that, I think, helps drive and make decisions. You know, if you are passionate about community exercise and, and population health, if you go to a clinic that doesn't support you doing that and doesn't support you taking time to go out and be a community advocate, well, why are you going there in the first place? Um, so I think a lot of it is knowing your true north. I think a lot of it is knowing your true north. Okay, Fred, let's uh, speak to the person who may be in a clinical rotation or maybe they're in their first job and they're kind of um, like what you described in your talk. It's a clinic and there are walls that are what they are and the system is what it is, right? And you could be the most passionate, excited clinician ever, um, but the rules are what they are and you're kind of, you know, stuck, to be honest. Um so how would you advise someone like that um, 
and say they don't have the opportunity to make a leap in the immediate, at least, like you just referenced, don't be in a setting that doesn't fit you. Um, But what if they're in that setting and that's kind of their opportunity at this point? Like, how do you make the best of a situation, basically? Yeah, I mean, I think I think what we what we don't do is is when we get into those scenarios, we say, okay, well, this is this is my this is my only and immediate opportunity, right? So we get into a clinic. It's not what we want, but you know, say we live in a small town and it's the only option, or we have this feeling of insecurity that we says we can't move on. And I think financial is a very big. I mean, when I look at the times that I've been most stuck in my life, it's been with fear of finances. Um, and so I think making the most of community around you, right, and especially this day and age, right, there are community groups locally, there are digital groups, there are like-minded individuals on social media, international organization, uh, in Movement X, right? I mean, we attract people to come to our company because we speak passion and purpose. Uh, and so I think not being, uh, you know, if you end up in a place where you're you feel stuck, you feel like you're not driving forward, but you also feel like the barriers to getting out are too large, well, there's community all around you and finding people that have that same drive and same purpose and have taken through those same steps I think is a good uh, a good starting step. And, and you look at Movement X, right? We founded and met through the APTA. We were all part of the board of directors at different times in our lives, so we knew each other through the network. And we spoke the same language. We'd get to conferences and we would see each other and we would talk about we need to drive things forward. What can we do? Uh, and that drove and stepped and and built into what we're building and have built to date. And so I think there is always community. I mean, Movement X is an option for everyone. You look at people like Physio, They do a wonderful job of creating community around fitness and around population health. Um, you've got endless amounts of community resources that you can reach into uh, if clinic is not quite where you where you thought you would be, um, and and if you're looking to to kind of move forward even when you feel like you might be stuck. And now for a quick break, are you ready to tell the world about the benefits of physical therapy? We're here to help. Visit APTA's official consumer information website, choosept.com. There you can find branded graphics and information, postcards, and merchandise to share in your communities or on social media. APTA member physical therapists can also activate their profile and find a PT to make it easy for the public to contact you. So get involved and help us maximize public awareness of the value of physical therapy by promoting choosept.com. Now let's return to the show. So this is where I'm going to take a second and do a shameless plug for APTA. Um, You just mentioned meeting your colleagues through your involvement with APTA And all I want to say to listeners is that getting involved in your professional association and being part of the community can take you far and lead to future prospects and opportunities. I'll leave it there, though. Uh, I won't go on, you know, too far on my soapbox, so I'll step down from there. But, um, okay, so let's let's transition a little bit. Um, Let's talk about the grind. Uh, Students and clinicians alike can relate to the feeling that they're always grinding. So full circle to your point about keeping your fire lit, keeping your passion, knowing your direction, and everything else in that realm. How do you do that when you're really feeling the grind and maybe even feeling burned out? Yeah, I mean, and and this is certainly biased by my my recent, um, I think some recent events with me, right? And I I think my company would tell you I 
I tend to, I have, I'm fortunate to be a very self-reflective person. And I think when you stop doing self-reflection and when you stop taking a look in the mirror, a really good hard look at the mirror and say, you know, am I happy? Am I doing what I want? Um, because I think it's easy to blame everything around us, right? Like we in this profession blame clinics. We blame big clinics because they make us see too many people. We blame small clinics because they can't pay us enough. We blame insurance because it doesn't give us enough money. We blame cash pay because nobody wants to pay cash for services. Um, and we, we blame the fitness industry for getting everyone hurt. You know, like I think there's a big blame game. And I think what's been really healthy for a lot of people on our team and myself specifically has been a, just aggressive self-reflection. You know, what am I doing every day? How am I doing? You know, self-check-ins. Uh, because the, the temptation a lot of times is to just stop looking, stop looking inward, right? Like stop, how, how are you acting? How are you behaving? How are you hearing and listening and, and, and taking in information? Because oftentimes when we start to get really angry at the world, it's a lot of, of we've gotten out, kind of out of ourselves. Um, and there's, we, and we use a lot, we love phrases and we love concepts and two that particularly stick out in the company are, um, uh, one of our core beliefs is, or core values, excuse me, is, is Kaizen. So it's this continual improvement. So constantly seeking. Uh, and there's another Japanese term called uh, Hansei, which is relentless reflection. And so what we practice and what we preach is relentlessly reflect on things. How did today go? How am I feeling today? What can I do to improve? What did I do well? Uh, I started doing morning gratitudes, which has been really helpful for me to frame the morning and frame the day around being grateful for the opportunity that I have. And so I think the number one thing that we can always, always, always control is ourselves, right? And that's oftentimes the most uncomfortable thing to talk about, uh, but it's how you drive forward. And so I think especially this time of year when we want to do personal reflection, starting a habit of just relentlessly reflecting on yourself and on the environment that you're in and how do you every day uh, continually improve that environment uh, to the concept of Kaizen. Okay, Fred. So you're the first Pulse podcast of the year 2020. It's a new year and even a new decade. Uh, so what do you want to say to your professional colleagues? What are your hopes for the profession? And give us some words of wisdom and gems. Ooh, okay. 2020, wisdom and gems. Um Actually, I had this conversation. So we have a, a, a new provider within Movement X, and one of the things we're trying to do, you know, our, our, our company is we're not a physical therapy company, right? We're a movement company, and the way that we provide that care right now is through physical therapy. Um, but we are we saw an opportunity in the the, the DMV to uh, bring in uh, some personal trainers to extend care and continue relationships and build it. And I was having a conversation with one of our our personal trainers today. Um, about the concept of the kind of the wide blue ocean, right? And, and this is Josh, Josh D'Angelo, our CEO, loves to talk about uh, that stat that we talk all the time about where it's like 92% of clients that come into a, a, a PCP with musculoskeletal complaints that are appropriate for physical therapy don't get referred to physical therapy. And so I think sometimes, oftentimes, we forget there is a wide blue ocean of opportunity to improve people's health. Um, and I don't think that, that it's something where there's, there's this falsity of, of competition, uh, that we, that we, we like to hang our hat on, you know, we're competing with chiropractors, we're complete, competing with acupuncture. One of my best referral sources is an acupuncturist and personal trainer. Um, there is a wide blue ocean out there. 
and having the opportunity to get out and just try to improve people, right? You know, I think Scott is very, very fond of saying, uh, you're not, you're not selling, you're helping, right? We're, we're selling the ability to help people. Uh, so I think when I look at 2020, um, you know, I, I would ask people to, to know themselves, right? So be vulnerable with yourself. Tell yourself the, the things that you don't want to say out loud and, and tell yourself the things that you do wonderfully. Uh, so I think know yourself in 2020, uh, and know that there is, it, it's a wide blue ocean of opportunity to help people move their best so that they can live their best. It's not a narrow field, and I think we see that when we're just stuck in a clinic and hearing the same complaints about orthopedics and about chiropractors that didn't work and about, uh, you know, all these individuals who, who are hurting medicine. And in reality, if you step outside of the clinic and you look around a little bit, there's a lot of people doing good work, and there's a lot of opportunity for it. So find yourself and then step out and find that there's other community around that are just trying to help people live their best. Uh, I think that would be that would be my wish. Growth mindset, uh, both inner and outer. Visit PPS's website to read the full transcript of Fred Graham Sessions' talk. APC podcasts like this one are available on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apca.org slash podcasts. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Thanks for listening.